Welcome friends to Bound Sisters, a monthly book club with Kelly, Jill, and Miranda. We are three sisters with busy lives, setting aside time to connect through books and fun conversations. Thanks for joining us and we hope you have fun too. Well, this month we read Delta County by J.L. Hyde. And um, I picked this book, Jill, that's me. Um, we do have a few trigger warnings for this book. Um, it does talk about death, miscarriages, a terminal illness. Murder. <laughs> so if those are murder. Murder. Um, a, yeah, family members being murdered. Um, so if those are triggering for you, we probably don't recommend that you read this book. Um. Which, which question do we want to start with? Did this story feel like a mystery or a thriller to you guys? I think the beginning and the end felt thriller-esque, but the middle... Like a Lifetime Hallmark movie? Like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was kind of excited at the beginning when Kelly was like, I... My... I know who killed your parents, but I can't talk to you right now. And then she got murdered. And yeah. then just like nothing happened. Yeah. For, like, and then she's pages. like, she's like, I'm <laughs> so just determined to solve my friend's murder to figure out like what's going to happen or what happened with my parents. And then she like picked up her life and moved back home to solve this murder. Yeah. Then she decided to become like a blogger and renovate her home like <laughs> she literally yeah. in the book she said that it was the best year of her life was the year after kelly's murder Baby. like that is yeah i think so like i if you think about it like kelly hadn't been in her life for 10 years so it's not like even though she calls kelly her best friend it's not like there was a hole where like yeah. kelly belonged so I think even though she was grieving her and wanted to know what happened, there's not necessarily this like, oh man, I was I could have texted Kelly and tell told her about this funny thing. Like that wasn't stuff she was used to doing anyways. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily wrong that she was able to like enjoy life immediately after Kelly died. So, but I did think like even when when Mitch came to her house that night and was like. I know you think it's me. It wasn't me. And then they start meeting up. Even when they like meet up, it said, we basically just reviewed the same stuff we already yeah. knew. And then they <laughs> gave up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that the whole story was just kind of like weird. Like there were random tidbits of things that, um, that were relevant at the, like, the last five pages of the book. But for the whole right. like slew of the story it was just kind of like bleep bleep you know like little kind of hints to something <laughs> and then it was like like when you guys were talking about the book throughout the month or whatever um it literally is like zero to 65 and then you slow down in a school zone so now you have to go like 20 and then uh, then you like hit a stoplight and then all of a sudden it's 100 miles an hour and then it's the end of the book it's so like it's yeah. very uh. jarring the way the whole book is written um but i was like i don't know i i agreed with uh your assessment that you made that the author kind of seemed like she was kind of wrap up yeah. the book I I think if it was if it wasn't a mystery thriller I think I would have expected something different cuz I do think it's interesting to see like all the little things that build up to her psychotic break like, <laughs> murdering Mitzi. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a, thr like a thriller or a mystery. Right. And it's little things like when her mother-in-law bought that rocking horse for the other woman. Yeah. That, like, at the time, you're like, wow, you're pretty awful. But then you're like, when you find out this other woman had her grandchild, 
Like, did she know in the moment that it was actually her grandchild and, like, mm-hmm. she just kind of threw that into... Right, but even if she knew that she was pregnant with like, her grandchild, that rocking horse was specifically special to... um, What's her name? Right, so, like, that that's an even bigger yeah. slap in the face, into Heather's face. Yeah. Right, like, the grandmother knew that this child is not only the love child of, you know, Heather's husband and Julie, like, but now she bought her this very special rocking chair that Heather has held near and dear because of her mother, like. her mom-in-law was some special kind of, like, demon person. Like, I can't (laughs) even fathom being treated that way and just, like, she was kind of snarky with her. So she did kind of snark with her back. But I'm still, like, I don't understand why the dad stayed with her. Like, any of that. Like, once Kelly was murdered, like, there was no reason for him to stay. Yeah. Right? Well, I think that's when it kind of started falling apart. Also, like, when Kelly was murdered, they didn't know that Kelly was murdered by Mitzi. Mm -hmm. It had been deemed an accident until the dad, the father-in-law, was, like, hanging out with the coroner. And the coroner was like, I got paid off. No, somebody else was hanging out with him, and and the coroner was drunk. Oh, okay. And said that, and then somebody told the dad, the grandpa or whatever, the father-in-law. Yeah, it would still have been, like, a year later. It had been a while. And so then he was like, I'm going to figure this out, because if because he was also, like, I, and in, in, in his head, he knew that Mitzi had killed Heather's parents. So he that's when he connected the fact that $100,000 had been taken out of their bank account around the same time. And so he, I think he was able to piece it together because he had all the information to begin with. Yeah. And then they found the picture of Mitzi being at the camp. Like, yeah. Like she was Terrifying. like in the woods in the background at the murder scene. I don't, she's just like a crazy, yeah. she's like a psychotic person. Something I just thought about though is, well, okay. Something I just thought about is she went to, she took the car, control of the car and hit the other girls expecting to kill them, right? Out of rage of finding out that Kelly was the love child of her husband and somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder like, if Heather had gone over to the house and hadn't seen the baby there, because that's when she connected that this baby is also a love child. Mm-hmm. Like, would she have gone over there and just talked? Or was that rage of finding out that her husband has a love child what led her to, like, kill? Because then, in that way, they're both kind of similar, Heather and Mitzi. I don't know, because when she was leaving the hospital with Mitch and Kelly's mom, were in the hospital and she was leaving, she was like, thank you. Um, Like, she basically said goodbye. Oh, yeah. She was very calm. It was just like this, like, snap. I mean, she'd already snapped and was ready. I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but I think that she was, like, prepared to kill Mm -hmm. Mitzi at that moment. And it was just, she could have died later or she could have died right then. And she made the choice. (laughs) Mitzi made the choice to die right then. <laughs> How exactly? I thought she just punched her. How? What did I miss? Like, I'm pretty sure she choked her. Yeah, she like launched herself at her, and then it cut to this whole book. This whole time was her talking to the prison therapist. To like just like a psychiatrist, oh, yeah. like, a, like a court psychiatrist or something. Because mm-hmm. the person's trying to evaluate whether it was like a moment of mental break or yeah. if it was like premeditated. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. Like, I didn't even know that she had actually died. I thought she had just punched her or something. Like, I mean, obviously, I knew she did something to her, but I was like, she, I was like, oh man, she died. I don't really know how Heather actually killed her. <laughs> I think she choked her. Yeah, it says, okay, hold on. It's on page 318. It says, well, Vicky, Vicky's the therapist, 
I knocked that smug smile directly off her face. She fell to the ground and I choked her until there was no life left in her miserable, murderous body. That's how I killed her. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I Question think to answered. be able, like, I don't know this for certain, but I've watched a lot of Supernatural, okay? So I think to be able to, like, choke somebody, that takes, like, an incredible amount of strength for one but also like that's it's a hard way to kill somebody it's not like easy to kill somebody by choking them again i know this from watching supernatural not from not from from personal personal experience experience. but um (laughs) but yeah so like she had to have just like been full of adrenaline and just not thinking Clearly, also, though, her mother-in-law was a literal monster and took every opportunity to make her life miserable. Just as a kid, her mom's like, you're the worst. Yeah. The mom, not her mom. But I thought it was weird how, like, she came over for parties and was handed, like, a chore. And her husband was like, this is unacceptable, but he absolutely didn't do anything about it. Like, he was like, I can't believe my mom Mm -hmm. just hands you a chore list. Yeah, at the even when like she had the miscarriage. Yeah, he like he didn't say he didn't take it from her. He didn't say like. Well, he didn't even realize she was doing chores. She just like popped up, and he was like, "Where have you been?" And she's like, "Your mom gave me things to do." Yeah, like her mom is like this rich person who also hires help, but she gives mm-hmm. her daughter-in-law a chore list to like restock the toilet paper in the bathrooms, <laughs> and yeah, I'm just. Ugh, she- She's terrible. She's terrible. Did Julie get a chore list? <laughs> Julie probably not. didn't get no, a chore she list. Liked, she liked Julie. <laughs> I liked um, the mom of what's his name? There's oh, the, uh, the Mark? ridiculous Mark. Was that his name? Or was Mark the husband? Oh no, Mark married Julie. Remember? So Mark. Yeah. So Mark's mom. So she Mark's mom tough. reminds me of like uh, like a golden girl. <laughs> So she was super sassy, and she even sassed back to Mitzi, which was fun. But Mitzi couldn't do anything about it. I liked her. And then she, like, she totally was of the same, like, personality as Heather. And so they would just be snarky to each other and about other people. And I'm glad that she found a friend, but I feel like it was too little too late. (laughs) She was half gone. She was half gone. I feel like between... It all, it all kind of piles up. And this is part of the question, I think, right? So, like, first her parents die, right? Or in this car accident. And she thinks for the longest time that it was her best friend's mother who was drunk driving and killed her. Mm-hmm. And so she, for the longest time, hates her best friend. And then she finds out that it wasn't her best friend's mom or that it might not be. And then her best friend is murdered. Like, it's just, like, one thing after the other. And then um, her husband starts medical school. She's leaving or she's living on her own because he's in school and a residency. And she's in this house. Then she's, like, started a business, which is stressful. And then she they start trying to have babies. Oh, no, then... He moves back in with her. Then she keeps mm-hmm. seeing him, like, interact with Julie. And she's like, what's up with that? And then they start having miscarriages, which is not only, like, emotionally taxing, but, like, physically, like, your body is like, what the heck is going on here? And then her mother-in-law is just all around just mean and terrible. And she has to deal with her on a daily. I just feel like it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Psychotic break. Water f- coming through the dam. Somebody died. <laughs> yep, that's that's the book. No one has to read it. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just, I feel like Mitzi had it coming, to be honest. I feel like. I, I mean, I definitely first. don't blame Heather. I 100% can see how Heather got to that point. Like, yeah, because Heather didn't murder Julie. She murdered Mitzi. Yeah. Right. Mitzi was also, like, 
Like she'd be mean and then all of a sudden she'd be nice. And then she'd go back to be mean. And she would like, like the rocking horse thing came from her being nice. And then she decided to use that while she was mean. Like, yeah. I thought like when Heather had convinced um, him to to go back, like move back to town and buy that house or whatever. And like they bought the house for them, Mitzi and Mm -hmm. her her husband. When they bought the house, I thought that was going to be kind of like a turning point. No, she was probably like, oh, he's going to be closer to Julie and then I can get him with Julie. Yeah, probably their like regular Saturday lunches or whatever. Julie was probably telling her that they were secretly together and she knew all about it the whole time. Mm -hmm. I'm just so mad at her husband for like not standing up to his mother. Like I'm so yeah. I mean, he was also cheating on her, so well, yeah, we've already established like, that he's not a good guy. <laughs> that's true. But he seemed like a good guy, you know what I mean? Like, so until the very end of the book that you find out that he's actually a rotten scoundrel, so mad, because totally inappropriate that she has regular lunches with an ex-girlfriend of mm-hmm. his. Like, totally inappropriate that she gives his wife a chore list. Like, mm-hmm. she just does these, like, wildly inappropriate things. And he's like, well, me. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> well, and, like, also, um, there were, like, a few times. Didn't he have lunch with Julie himself one time because she needed a friend to talk to? I know at one point that she was talking about how, like, like, why couldn't she? he just let go of this person? Like, mm-hmm. I thought they I mean, were meeting. Sure. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I thought they I were remember. meeting by themselves at some point, and then she caught them in the picture leaning up against in the door frame the night that Julie got engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I think that was it. Was like that they looked really. They were really. Cozy. They were talking. Oh yeah, they were talking really close, and she said he said that um, she was she stressed because she knew yeah. she knew that he was going to propose, and she wasn't sure. And so she needed, like, a friend to talk to. And Heather's like, doesn't she have, like, friends who aren't <laughs> married? Who aren't ex-boyfriends? I did think the scene where they went toilet papering was kind uh-huh. of funny. Like, that one she, guy like, her friend like, tearing out of the house. Yeah, well, and, like, just the thought of, like, them having to remove all the car seats out of the minivan... <laughs> so that they could even like sit down <laughs> they're like driving around town toilet papering people's houses in the minivan and then and like, they like, teepeed that one guy's house and he comes out all mad and then he realizes who it is and he's like that was you this whole time because <laughs> they had done it since high school like they had like a nickname a second nickname because their first nickname was the sharks because that makes them super cool and the second nickname was something else. The shark sounds like something out of like, um, oh, isn't it though? From it like sounds like, like Mean Girl or something. They're what? called the plastic. I feel like it was something from like West Side Story. What is it? What kind of gang is the sharks? Oh, that might be West Side Story, but it felt very Mean Girl, and like they were the mean girls in high school, and like. But they also seemed like a lot of people liked them, so. Yeah, like other people were excited for them to be reuniting, which was weird to me. <laughs> They're like, I, Yay! it is the West Side Story. We get to watch your guys' lives again from the outside, yeah. like. Yay! I was when I was reading about the reunion. I was like, I cannot relate to any of this. This is not how I was in high school. I would never go to a school reunion. I would never want to see all these people again. <laughs> like, cannot relate. I was. I. I mean, I wasn't like super popular, but I had a lot of friends in high school, and I still didn't go to my high school reunion. So, I got added to the Facebook group. <laughs> For your 20th? <laughs> yeah, for my 20th. You shut your mouth. Is that Even next year? doesn't need to know it was this year. My 10 years in two years. Aren't you cute? <laughs> I'm coming up on 15. <laughs> so, now everybody knows. 
<laughs> but joke's on you, because I was 17 when I graduated. So, you. You were? I was 18. Anyways, what's the next question? Uh, we were going to talk about the nostalgia of returning to your hometown. I don't know if Kelly can quite relate to that. I don't know. You came back, I guess. <laughs> she went to New Jersey. Did it. Yeah, I'm you not left here. And, you left and came back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of... A lot of when she was talking about the like the, just the nostalgia of driving through town and being like, oh, that's where I did this and that's where I did that. I kind of had similar moments when Nate and I like first moved back. Or maybe I shouldn't say that. When Nate and I first moved back to where, back home. <laughs> I did that part out. Good thing it's not live. <laughs> it could be anywhere. I think anyways. we've told people where, where that what state we live in. Yeah. Um. Anyways, like I was, so I was able to relate to that when Nate and I first came back home, and we were like driving around and just kind of some of, like I still am in contact with some people that I went to high school with, even. So I didn't go to the reunion. So there's kind of that that nostalgia of like just returning home. I think that I return home too often for it to be like, oh, I'm coming home. Like, yeah. I think I came I'm, home like six months after I moved away. Yeah, I think you yeah. did. <laughs> I think you've come I think home I, like almost every six months. Yeah, because I come home for Christmas and I come home during the summer. But like... Honestly, I think I cringe a lot more <laughs> versus having nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. I like see people and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> or, or I have a memory and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> I think, though, like, I think we had different childhoods because I, like, I, like, I had a lot of friends and, like, I was always at some sort of, like, fun event. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like, when I graduated high school, this is really, really weird. When I graduated high school, I had multiple dreams where I was, like, pretending I didn't graduate and went back to school for, like, the social (laughs) aspect of, like, being in school. Plus, my best friend was a year behind me, so I wanted to be in school with her. Um, But I, like, regularly was like, oh, if I just show up and tell them I don't have records, like, they'll let me join high school again. You're like a vampire. (laughs) And so... I think, like, for me, like, it was just a fun time, like, of no responsibility or anything. So that's kind of what I think about, like, sometimes when I drive around, like, mm-hmm. you know, I think of, like, the summers at the carnivals and stuff where I, we would just kind of run the streets and things. Like, those are fun memories for me. Well, like, so Richie and I, we we took the kids to the carnival this, was two weekends ago? And it was mm-hmm. so weird because yeah. in years past, like, we would walk around and we would see people that we recognized or like that we knew and we saw maybe two people and I knew they were going to be there because I saw uh it was my friend Marissa and so I saw her there with her husband and I saw um her at the park earlier that day Mm -hmm. and so but so I we moved here when I was 15 and then I moved away when I was 25 so I lived here for 10 years and then we we're gone for like what five years and then we moved back but I don't know I still have like little so I okay let me gather my thoughts here I remember coming back and it was kind of one of those like cliche things where you're like oh you can never go home again because it was not the same like it wasn't the same all of any of my friends that I had had before were not here anymore I had my work friends but it was like I don't know And then, but I do sometimes have like this weird thing when I'm driving around and, um, because when I drive my kids to school, I have to drive past my old high school. And so it's kind of weird because I'm like, I've literally been driving these streets for 20 years. Like I've been driving these same streets up to Walmart (laughs) down to the lake like I've been it's so weird to think about especially growing up in the military the way that we did like it was it's so weird to think that I am driving the same roads over and over and over for 20 years (laughs) 
bizarre. So yeah. and and that when my son starts to drive, that he's going to be driving the same roads that I drove when I was his age. Like it's so weird, so weird to think. <laughs> so I wouldn't call that nostalgia, though. I would just call it weird. <laughs> <laughs> Descriptor, the word, word of the day. Kelly. I have word of the day toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that something on Friends? I feel like that was something that Joey had. Joey on Friends had word of the day toilet paper. So he would like use these really big words randomly. Toilet paper though? Yeah, I think it was toilet paper. I'm going to have to Google it. I am Googling it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even finish it. I said, word of the day, toilet paper, and it said friends. See, there you go. It was, I might it not was have dead. a very good memory, but I do remember the weirdest thing. See, there's my word of the day. Chandler, Weird. Chandler gave it to him. I don't think I've watched friends enough to remember anything. Okay. You guys have homework, okay? Both of you need to watch I Love Lucy, Okay. In its entirety, and mm. Friends. Okay, I've watched I've all of Friends. All of Friends. You're missing out on the Isle of Lucy. I sit there with uh, my kids. I my don't kids have and that I, time. My kids and I sit there and watch it, and they're like hysterically laughing. Okay, Lucy is the best. It's the best. I'm so glad that your kids are loving the show. <laughs> I- <laughs> Don't have time to like watch all of minute, I Love Lucy. They're like 20-minute shows. There's like 11 seasons, but they're like 20-minute shows. I've got too many books to read. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Put a book down and watch a, the boob tube for a minute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, our other question is, um, Heather has a tendency to avoid grieving her trauma. I think How we talked about that. Of her avoiding it specifically? And we talked about, like, the small things building up, and that's what broke right. her. For, well, and then she, like, broke. So, like, she... Because she did it both times. So her parents died the night of her graduation. She just goes off to college. Just, like, tried to forget that it was a thing. Just tried to move on. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember. Was it, like, instantly that she started drinking... She was like, yeah, like she I was know, partying and I know. Oh, what? No, wasn't it after the whole situation where what's his name had told the whole campus that she had slept with him? Well, I think she like leaned in more to the like party oh, girl. Oh. Yeah. The like easy girl type of after that. Like, Cause he was, she was like, if everybody already believes it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she was still like partying and stuff before that. Okay. Because she talked about how the first three years of college, she pretty much threw away because she was partying. She didn't care very much. And it wasn't until she reconnected with Ryan. Ryan was her husband. I couldn't remember his name for a long time. Um, It wasn't until she reconnected with Ryan in her junior year that he was able to help her kind of get out of that. And then she kind of pulled things together the last year and was able to graduate. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was her, how she avoided the death of her parents. Yeah. And then with Kelly, she threw herself into, um, like, remodeling a home. Right. And just avoiding Even though she that. moved back to investigate the murder, she didn't yeah. do it very much. Yeah. Even after the one miscarriage that she does talk about, like, that you hear about, um, she was just like, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to eat some hoagies and I'm going to go to this party and we're going to move on. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, honestly, I cannot even. So like I had three miscarriages and I think that like each, each time is different Like, the first time, it's kind of, like, it sucks, but it's, like, a fluke. You know, like, the doctors say the same thing every time. They're always, like, you know, one in four pregnancies miscarried. You're, like, okay, so there's hope. So then you're, like, okay, well, let's try again. And then you try again, and it miscarries. And you're, like, okay, well, what now? And then the doctors are, like, there's hope. 
So, like, by the third time, which I'm pretty sure this was her third one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, by the third time, I was wrecked. And I was, like, and granted, I am not apparently as, like, steel force uh, feelings captor as Heather is. But, like, I was, like, we're not having any more kids. It's like, it was like, it was like this roller coaster of emotions. At first I was really angry and it probably happened within hours, hours after like finding out I had a miscarriage. It was like, I was sad. I was angry. I was like stoic. And then I was like, okay, maybe we could try again. Like it was like, what? <laughs> So I can't imagine like just being like, let me put my big girl pants on and go to this party and do chores for my mother-in-law. And like, I could, I can't imagine, but she has like a steel trap for her emotions. So yeah, apparently she doesn't because (laughs) (laughs) she's got the Hoover name and just exploded. She pushed those down real deep and it just, it was built up too much. (laughs) Um, I, when I was reading it initially, I thought, like, because she had found out kind of, like, that afternoon that maybe she was, like, we're already expected to be there, like, for a few hours I can put on a face and pretend, and when we get home, like, I'll break down. Like, she didn't even tell her husband, right? Like, she... No, she did. He came home, and... I think she, she said, said that, like, sarcastically, like, in passing. She was like, oh, because he saw her drink." Well, she was about to have a drink. Yeah, yeah she was yeah. going to drink, and he was like, uh. Yeah, yeah, she's like, don't have to worry about that. Like, I just, I can't even. <laughs> yeah. It did feel very realistic yeah, to me, I, but that wasn't my experience. I thought, I thought maybe, because um, wasn't that the same night that she met Mark's mom? That was the night that Julie yeah. got engaged. Yeah. Like, all of those things. And yeah. then and she then ended up- tried to make her look bad by telling Mark's mom that, oh, you're, she doesn't like your son. And, oh, and she's yeah. like, me too! Yeah, she's <laughs> I don't like him either! He's the worst, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but was that the same night she went home by herself? Because then she saw the picture of him and Julie and all that stuff. Yeah, she, like, walked home and then yeah. it showed up. Oh, and- right. I know. I'm telling you, I'm surprised she didn't crack earlier. (laughs) I'm surprised it took her that long. I think for a minute there, she wasn't seeing Mitzi a lot. Yeah, because something was going on. I think she only ever saw him when, or saw Mitzi when Ryan came to town. um, Yeah, but at that point, when, when they were trying for baby, he had been working. He had graduated. Yeah. Or completed residency. Yeah. He had been And not only was she like dealing with the miscarriages, but they weren't telling Ryan's parents that they were trying for a baby. So she was constantly hearing Mitzi like, if only we had grandchildren. Like, right. <laughs> right. You have an extra room in your house. It could be a nursery, but. Yeah. Could you imagine though if Mitzi had known? I feel like. She would have used that against her too, like that you're not capable of this and um, you're failing my son and all of this stuff. I can't imagine had she known that it would have been any better. Like, how does somebody get so mean? I don't even understand. I don't even understand how somebody gets. Yeah, and you can't even blame it on like the whole, you know, Mitzi lost control and went and tried to kill Kelly and ended up killing her parents and now like, She's this reminder of this awful yeah, night. Right? You would think it that was... she'd be so nice to Heather. Right. She but oh, I was... parents. <laughs> right. But I was thinking more like if that had like traumatized her or like the guilt of it, like reminding her all the time made her into an awful person. But she was like that. But when, when Heather's parents Before. were alive. Yeah. Cause she invited Heather's mom to like a party and like, basically scammed her into spending like $500 on an ugly necklace. Yeah. Right. Just to to try to, because she made Heather's mom feel like she had to keep up with everybody else in town. It sounded like kind of like an MLM thing. 
Yeah, like, like what yeah. jewelry thing, like yeah, yeah, like Avon or something. Only jewelry. Yeah. Well, and I always thought. Oh, I did always. I always thought it's been like a week since I finished the book. Um, <laughs> I thought it was kind of abrupt, though, that all of a sudden Ryan's dad had been having this relationship with Kelly's mom. Like, I feel like that was kind of out of left field. It wasn't even mentioned. It wasn't hinted at at all. It was like out of left field. It did mention that once he, so he left Mitzi, moved in with Ryan and Heather. Then after that, he moved into the cabin Mm-hmm. And they went and visited him, and they were like, oh, this cabin looks like it's been decorated with a woman's touch. So they did mention that he was in, like, some sort of relationship. And then they, at the very beginning of the book, they do talk about how Kelly and Ryan were often mistaken as siblings. Because they look so similar to each other. Oh. So there were some little clues in there, but, yeah, that was a... And then, like, the fact that he cared so much about the case and about Kelly and all that stuff, too, kind of. I yeah, think, I didn't pick up on any of that. All of that went I mean, straight over my I head. I didn't pick up on it. I feel like there were, like, little hints for, like, what was going on. But when you're reading it, you're just kind of like, yeah, just keep going. Just get through it. Just get. And then right. once you're at the end and you hear everything, then you're like, oh, okay. So I wish there had been, like, I wish you had made it more like Heather was putting the pieces together versus, like, let me just dump the answers on you. I I thought it was funny how she's, like, trying to, like, gather information and then suddenly there's somebody just, I mean, Kelly's mom just comes to her and is like, I know everything. I I have the whole story. (laughs) And then it just wraps up, like, Within, like, seven pages. Yeah. How does this terminally ill patient, like, know everything? She has the right pictures. She has the right... Like, she's just got all the information. She's just sitting here holding a gold mine. And everybody else is scrambling around her trying to figure out what's going on. And she's like, hey. Yeah. And then she doesn't even want to share until she's on her deathbed. Yeah. I mean, they explain why, but... Yeah. Still stupid. I don't like it. We just wanted to spend this time together. Like, really? If I was dying, I think I would want to see the my my daughter's murder being brought to justice. Like, right? Yeah. Not even like, just like not only daughter, like my friends. Like she murdered her friends. She murdered and then her daughter and then framed her. So, yeah. Miss- Murdered her friend, then Mitzi framed the mom for the last 10, 12 years. Then Mitzi killed her daughter, and this woman's just like, Well, I just want to die spending time with the man I love. When, like, all she has to do is hand over this evidence. Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't even be a long trial. Then you could have publicly hung out with the man that you loved. Like,. not in your nursing care home for the last little bit of your life i can't even remember what mitzi had like over their head like what was she so mitzi because they were they met because kelly's mom was working for the father-in-law in in his law firm and so uh, mitzi was gonna say that was gonna like get him like was gonna get him in trouble because he was a lawyer, right? So Mitzi yeah. was gonna get him in trouble with the bar. Mitzi was oh, going because she was a paralegal or something. Yeah, because they yeah because they were having an inappropriate relationship basically in the workplace. Um, she there were other things, but yeah, she was basically gonna go after his career was one of the big ones. I don't know. Could she really do that after she was like? Her credibility would have been shot if she was proven guilty of manslaughter. Yeah. Like, yes, I had a child with this woman. But you murdered two people. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like they underestimated Mitzi. Or overestimated her. Overestimated her ability to be kind (laughs) and normal. 
I definitely don't think um, Kelly's mom got took the right deal. No. <laughs> Accepting a murder charge. No. And I also feel like uh, Ryan's dad is a terrible lawyer. If that is the deal that he was like, yes, this sounds good. Let's go with this. <laughs> I would not let him representing me. She, Like you said, she murdered somebody. So. And then three people. And then three people. Had she been locked away the first time, <laughs> this whole thing could have been avoided. She would have saved her own life. I am curious because... The books have, so there's this one, Delta County, and then there's another one that is not a sequel or, like, related to the story, other than the fact that they, like, geographically take place in the same spot. And then there's the third one, which is, I think, like, Midnight in Delta, and that's supposed to kind of answer some more questions. So I am curious, just because she was also, um, Heather was pregnant when she was in jail. Yeah. She had a big old pregnant belly, so I'm curious, like, if that book explains more of, like, what happened to her criminal case and what happened to her baby. And it's obviously Ryan's baby or Ryan's baby. So mm-hmm. does Ryan even want anything to do with her? Like, yeah. Like after Ryan she murdered his mother. It? Right. Like Ryan's obviously been living this other life that his mom wanted him to be living. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and like kills her mom. His dad wants not what I'm sure his dad doesn't have much to do with them anymore. Like, I'm, I'd be curious if the book answered that too. Like, is it already out or is it coming out? Yeah, no, it's out already. Are you gonna read it, Jill? I don't know. I barely read these <laughs> books every month. If you were the therapist, would you deem Heather that she was had a mental? break oh i think it's i yes. think it absolutely was like a psychotic break and not so much like um like a premeditated thing yeah didn't the therapist be like well i don't know if i can really say that you were she said she oh, hold on i was just reading clinically it. insane she says whether or not you were in such a state may be a little difficult to prove at trial but that's like her whole purpose and even having this interview is to gather right. all of the information and to make that decision as like the professional witness. Right. She's she's the expert witness of like whether or not it was a temporary insanity situation. So I mean whether or not the jury was. was like, yeah. I think and I think honestly, like I think seeing the child there in that moment really I think she was mad and she was going there to confront her. And maybe, like, tussle a little bit. But I think that seeing the baby... Because it was specifically, like, the baby smiled and the dimple. And then she, like, lunges. And I think truly, like... Well, no, Mitzi laughed at her. So she noticed that she... Mitzi noticed that Heather put the pieces together. And then she laughed at her. Like a dull woman. I don't... I really don't think... she died. If Julie and the baby hadn't been there, I think it could have ended differently. I really think it was yeah. the baby, seeing the ch- baby and putting the pieces together, that that's what made her snap. So that's it. Makes sense to me. That's all she wrote. So what would you guys rate this book? I would rate the beginning and the end like four, and I would rate the middle like two. So <laughs> like two? Like a three. <laughs> Not not a two, just a bad book. No. I did feel like it was just boring. Right. Like, don't regret reading the book, but would read it again as a three. Or wouldn't it wouldn't read it again yeah. as a three. So I think overall the entire book would be a three for me. I just feel like the beginning of the book I was excited and the end of the book I was like shocked, but the middle of the book I was I kept like I would like look at Christopher and be like, I just I'm trying to get through this. <laughs> I I feel like through the middle of the book, what pulled me through was I knew it had to wrap up and I wanted to know. I wanted the information, but I was like, when are we oh, going to get there? Okay. So I like to know how many chapters are in a book. Oh yeah. What did you... While I'm reading it. So I flipped back to go see how many chapters there were and I saw 
I was like halfway through the book. I saw I killed Mitzi Matthews and I was like, okay, that's where we're trying to get. <laughs> You're like, Mitzi dies. That's good. <laughs> um, I would say it was easy to read. I don't think that I had a hard time getting through it. The chapters were fairly short. And so it made you feel like you were reading really fast because the chapters You're were like short. blowing through chapters. Yeah. So I don't think it was a hard read to get through. And it wasn't a terrible book, but I probably would rate it a three just because I won't be reading this again. But to be fair, there's very few books that I would read. There's very few once. books I ever read again. There's also very few books where I'm like, read this. <laughs> um, when... Miranda texted us and was like, it goes zero to a hundred. I like was wait. I was like, okay, at some point, like, I'm just going to keep reading. Cause at some point it's going to like pick up. And then like I'm the literally at like a chapter. <laughs> I was I'm like at chapter 40 and 41. And I'm like, there's only 44. Like <laughs> when, when are we going to answer these questions? <laughs> it picks up in chapter well, 43. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would, I think I would rate it a 3.5. I think it was a nice, simple book. I think, like, the story, like, overall was cute. I liked the story, like, the middle section alone was, like, a nice story. I wouldn't say it's, like, a mystery. The middle I think, like, after. minus the murder and the death. Like, her life is very similar to mine. <laughs> Minus the murder of the death and the psychotic mother-in-law, <laughs> like minus those things, I feel like I can <laughs> I can relate to Heather. <laughs> I think that I would have a different, a like a different rating for the book if it was advertised to me differently. Also, I went into this book thinking it was gonna be like about the high, like the high schoolers and like their reunion and maybe like, like when they were in high school together solving this mystery yeah right like because it's how it's advertised like went down in high school and they were all yeah. there for it and now like a scooby-doo moment or something you know like yeah, yeah. it was not that but, like the reunion was like just the first like five chapters of a book and then it, you never like even address that again. Yeah. Really. Right. The whole and purpose of the reunion was just to bring Kelly back. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't even tell, Heather didn't tell her other friends like Rebecca or um, who are the other girls? I don't know. She didn't tell any of them that. I was trying to think of sharks. <laughs> I don't know. I know yeah, there's a Rebecca in there. Um, yeah. but she didn't tell them that she was even like trying to figure out or that she even suspected Kelly's murder to be something else. Yeah. And so they were like, why didn't you tell us like we could have been helping or whatever? Yeah. So it, yeah, the reunion was really just to like emphasize like how much of an impact it was having. Cause it was like 10 years, like 10 years is a significant number. So it's been 10 years since her parents died. It's been 10 years since she's like been with these people again. Cause the last time mm -hmm. she was with them was the night her parents died. So there were like some of those like triggering things for her. But other than that, like the reunion yeah. didn't play. Cause like, yeah, it was the back of the book is like, she goes home to the reunion and something horrible had happened the night of their graduation. And I thought it involved yeah. kind of more people. It literally says Heather must push her grief aside and investigate the events that occurred the night of the reunion. So, like, I felt like it was going to be about being in high school. Or, like, like, similar to, um, like, Girls Weekend, where it was, like, yeah. a locked room murder. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But I don't that know. That's not I, what it turned out to I, be. I, I think the middle section was, like, a nice, cute book. The front, the beginning and the end tied together to make, like, a nice mystery. A nice little... Yeah. I wouldn't call it a thriller or anything. It was just kind of like a thinker. I don't... Yeah, I don't even know what genre that would be. I would, like, suspense, but not... It wasn't even that suspenseful. Like, no, it wasn't. It's not like, like, like a like, cozy, psycho like, 
psychological thriller. It's not even psychological. It's like a thinker, <laughs> a cozy little so- thinker. It's just a cozy <laughs> little thinker. At the end, you're like, hmm, I understand why she murdered this person. Yeah, or like, I mean, I was able to sit at the end and be like, oh, I understand why she mentioned that Kelly and Ryan look like siblings. And I understand why she mentioned the cabin being decorated by a woman. And I understand, Mm -hmm. like, like sometimes the father-in-law, she said, would just be gone until, like, late into the evening. And then he would come back home, like, and they didn't know where he was at ever, like. Okay, now yeah. I can, that all makes sense. And you can like think about it and be like, cool, that all makes sense now. See, but I think yeah. it wasn't enough into the book that I would want to sit and think about those things. No. <laughs> like the book was that so intriguing to me that I'm like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, that part that I had a question about, that makes sense now. Like, no. I was just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That got aggressive really fast. <laughs> you got a little bit of whiplash reading it. I really did. It was like, what? I am I am kind of intrigued. Maybe one day I'll be able to read more books than one a month. <laughs> and um Oh, we deciphered today that Jill only ever finishes the books that she chooses. That's not true. Just recently. <laughs> I finished Where the Crawdad Sing and I didn't read that one. I, I didn't pick that one. I finished. True. Did I finish Practical Magic? I didn't finish Practical Magic. <laughs> no, we had to explain that one to you. Uh, same with the Night did Circus. I, no, did you I finish didn't. Red Queen? I did finish Red Queen. But she didn't finish the last two books. Last two books, The Whispering Door and Bridget Jones. She didn't finish those. I definitely don't finish the books Kelly picked. (laughs) (laughs) But also... I'm going to make you guys read one of my romance books. You're going to have to read them. Also, also, I don't think I'll have a problem with that. (laughs) Kelly has picked books where she's like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. (laughs) No, just (laughs) read the book. Just the one book. Uh, practical Ryan magic. Picked, you know, I picked practical, practical magic. Oh. Um, okay. And then Kelly, maybe it's a curse that when Kelly says, Oh, I love this movie, <laughs> it's gonna be a bad book. <laughs> the movie was good, the book was bad. Okay, to be fair though, Bridget Jones was a lot easier to listen to audiobook than it was to read. I had it. no, I had to buy the Kindle book. To be able to follow along with the audiobook. You were reading it while you listened to it? Yeah, like I had to see the words. I know, I found it easier to just like listen to it because it felt more um, conversational than, and then you don't have to sit there listening to her like write the mundane like moments of her getting ready for work that day. Like you don't have to, you don't have to read that. Because if I was reading it, I probably would have just skipped over it. So, like, sometimes when I read a book, I'm super, like, I'm super interested in what's happening to the hero and, like, how their story is developing. And then sometimes the chapter will skip to, like, the like the villain side or something. And they're, like, scheming and conniving. And I'll just, like, skip that whole chapter. And I'll go <laughs> to the next one where the hero's back. And I'm, like... Yeah, I'll just catch up with that later. I feel like it'll all wrap up. I, <laughs> I am too anxious to do that. I mean, yeah. like, what if I missed some kind of information? Yeah, I couldn't nope. do that. I'm just like, bloop, not interested. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the stuff that I actually want to read. Because that is not it. I cannot do that. So, But sometimes I do read the back of the book. If I'm like, oh, is somebody going to live or die? I'll like skim the. Oh, back I'll of the book. always read the like the last like little blurb on the very last page. Christopher yells at me, but I'll I'll do it. I do it with TV shows too. If I'm like invested in a character, I'll like scroll through the TV, uh, the like the episodes to see if that person is in later episodes. <laughs> Y'all are weird. It, it helps me. I did it with Pretty Little Liars when I was like, oh. Is this like, is this person going to die? Or I'm like, oh, is Allison really like alive and torturing these girls? So I'll like, 
I had to like skim forward and be like, oh yeah, she's. If alive. you Google a character, if you Google a character, it'll tell you like when they, when they were bo- like what episodes they're in, and so then you can be like, oh, they're only in like five of these twenty episodes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just use my clicker. Y'all are funny. I just watch it. It's no. It's too stressful. I don't know. Or like when the series. So like I was watching Riverdale and. Um, uh, Jughead like dies, and I'm like, wait, but Jughead can't die. Like he can't be dead forever, dead. So, but there was no episodes later on, and so I made Richie go on the internet. <laughs> I was like, I have to know. I can't go on like with my day if I don't know. <laughs> and then I knew, and I could go to bed, and it was fine. <laughs> Alrighty, so next month, Miranda's picking. Next month, we're reading a book called Really Good Actually. Really Good Actually. Really Good Actually? Uh, Really Good Actually, and then it has a picture of a crying woman on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's by Monica Heisey? Heisey? Sure, Mm -hmm. I would say hey, hey, see? Hi. Sure, H-E-I-S-E-Y. The inside says, Maggie is fine. She's doing really good, actually. Sure, she's broke. Her graduate thesis on something obscure is going nowhere, and her marriage only lasted 608 days. But at the ripe old age of 29, Maggie is determined to embrace her new life as a surprisingly young divorcee. Now she has time to take up nine hobbies, eat hamburgers at 4 a.m., and get back out there sex-wise. With the support of her tough, loving academic advisor, Maris, her newly divorced friend, Amy, and her group chat, naturally, Maggie barrels through her first year of single life, uh, intermittently dating, occasionally waking up on the floor and asking herself tough questions along the way. Uh, And then like a review. It's supposed to be funny. It seems like a lighter book to read since August is wedding palooza craziness. (laughs) Um, I like that we're all using that term now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm hoping it's funny and like just a lighthearted, enjoyable read. By the way, that was not on the list of possible books that you sent us. No, I was (laughs) thinking about, I was thinking about like a wedding themed book, but then I had just I just went through like an entire romance series and I was kind of ready to not be reading romance. So <laughs> Well, it kind of seems like we are reading romance. It's like a sex in the city kind of romance though. Less of like I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So I had it on my um on Audible for a while. So I was like, well I can listen to it <laughs> if I need to or I can read it. You could listen to it on the airplane. That's true. I will probably be asleep, but yes. Alrighty. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. June, we did some, we did that uh, giveaway and some people shared some reviews and I just wanted to share those real quick. Okay. So we have one, one person reviewed us five stars and said, great podcast for book lovers. These sisters are fun and I've liked the books they choose. And I've liked the books they choose. It's fun to read the books, then listen to them discuss it. It's perfect since I don't have time to be in an actual book club. Another person also rated us five stars and said, love the book conversations. I've never, I've never wanted sisters more than to be able to do a book podcast. Love the concept, excellent execution, and love the book choices for the episodes. Keep them coming. Last one, five stars again, because we're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they said, great book club for people not in a book club. A book club podcast is the perfect name for this podcast. Although I don't have much time slash have not made the effort to join a real book club, listening to this podcast, especially the episodes on the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, really uh, scratched the itch of joining a real book club. Although as a listener, I was still able to engage with my thoughts based on the po- posed questions and absorb different perspectives over one of my favorite books. Uh, if you are not in a book club, this is a fantastic substitute for one. I love this because I like the whole point of me wanting to do this 
was to like provide something for people who weren't able to fit into their schedule. Cause that's why I haven't joined like an in-person book club for a long time is I just mm-hmm. trying to fit that into my schedule has always felt impossible. So I'm glad that other people are feeling that. Yeah. So I just wanted to share those and encourage people to leave reviews and we'll share them. If you leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> Anonymously, we won't say your name. Find us on social media. TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. All the things. Like, share, subscribe. (laughs) Woo! We're so good at this. Bye! Bye. Bye.